I was tired of it. So I decided to help myself and go learn self-defense. So that way, if needed, I could protect my son and protect myself. And I feel like when I did that, I really gained a lot of confidence and he could like sense that. And from that point forward, it kind of changed the dynamics a little bit. This episode of Empowering Her is brought to you by my course, The Empowerment Sessions. The Empowerment Sessions are 33 bite-sized audios of four minutes or less, plus 33 conversation starters that show busy parents how they can bring simple and effective empowerment lessons into every day for their children. These power-packed empowerment tools are the quick and easy of empowerment designed for parents who want to introduce their kids early on to the principles of personal power, self-love, the power of choice, and so much more. And yes, this is for mothers and fathers to use with their girls and their boys. Once you sign up, you have immediate access to the audios. They can be listened to on your computer and on your phone. Easy, quick access at your fingertips every single day. If you want to enroll in the empowerment sessions, visit melodypormorati.com slash empowerment. That's melodypormorati.com slash empowerment. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today I have a badass mom named Mandy Pratt on the podcast. Um, she and I just had the most beautiful and important discussion about how to defend ourselves and how to prevent needing to defend ourselves, how to protect ourselves and protect our daughters. Um, she gave so many actionable and uh, just like straight up uh, good tools for all of us to know how to move through situations that we usually don't want to even talk about. We don't even want to imagine them because we don't want to put them into our minds. But it is important to set ourselves up and to set our girls up to be protected in situations where someone is in their personal space or even worse, God forbid, um, in a situation where they're actually attacking. So, uh, I, I want to introduce you to Mandy. She wasn't looking for all of this when danger came knocking at her door. She just wanted to know real actionable tips to help herself and her young son from a crazy life situation that left them with the FBI at their front door. You're going to hear, hear more about this crazy situation on this episode. Mandy Pratt over the past decade has spent countless hours in hands-on training from a top level self-defense instructor. She claimed her life and power back and now teaches other women how to do the same through her book and training on emotional and physical self-defense. I want you to listen to this, perhaps even listen with your older daughters, I would say 13 years old and up. Um, it's a good conversation. It's an important conversation. In fact, I want to keep this conversation going. Um, we're going to do an Instagram live to answer questions that anybody has about the topics that she has discussed. 
And uh, I will ask you if this um, speaks to you to share it, to review it, you can review it by going to melodypormorati.com slash review. If the content that you hear on this podcast speaks to you, moves you, inspires you in any way, I encourage you to leave a review because these reviews help us to expand our message and get these tools into the hands of the people who need it the most, our girls and other women, so we can all empower ourselves and um, pave the way for our next generation. And again, that's at melodypormorati.com slash review. I appreciate each and every one of your reviews so much. And without further ado, I hope that this episode with Mandy Pratt brings you so much value. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I am so honored and excited to be joined today by Mandy Pratt, uh, who's all about women's self-defense, helping women and teens live safer emotionally and physically to live empowered with peace. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Mandy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have you. And I feel like the conversation we're going to have today is like, we're going to talk about a lot of things like that, that might like bring up the feelings, right? They're going to bring up the feelings, but they're things that we need to discuss. We need to bring to the forefront of our minds to keep ourselves safe. And as we know, all that we learn to do for ourselves as women is what we pay forward to our next generation too. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. And I'd love to know, like, what is it that brought you to this space? What is your origin story? Well, I do have a crazy story. And I, all that I do now is because of that story. And you'll see, I'll share it first and then we'll talk about the why. But um, I was married to somebody who was abusive um, emotionally, mainly. And when my son was three, I decided that I didn't want to perpetuate that cycle for him because the statistics show, you know, if you raise a child in that kind of home, it's very likely that they're going to continue that. So I decided, you know, we had had it. We were not safe. Um, and so when my son was three, we left. And I would love to say everything was sunshine and roses, but it wasn't um, quite yet. So what happened was um, my former husband kept uh, harassing me and he'd follow us and it was bad. So I had to get a restraining order because he came to the house once and tried to literally kidnap my son out of the house. So um, the police had told me you need a restraining order. And I said, okay. So I got one and then he didn't really listen to it. And so I was like, what the heck? So um, about a year later, I remember the house I was living at, I came home and there was this little business card slipped into the front door. And I was like, what the heck is this? Right. So I picked it up and it said coroner's unit, uh, robbery unit. And I was like, oh my gosh, great. You know, he's really carried through on a suicide attempts or he's in prison mm-hmm. um, because he had started a gambling addiction. And so he had gone to jail 
uh, for like a couple months. And so I knew, you know, he was in trouble somehow. And so I remember opening up the door, carrying the card up with me up every single step with my heart just beating wildly. Like, what was I going to find on the other end of that phone, you know? And so I called and actually it was the FBI (laughs) and he started questioning me and he was like, ma'am, are you aware of what your, I hope he's your ex-husband has been up to for the past six to nine months. And I was like, no, you know, we are almost finalizing our divorce, but I, I don't know, like, what are you talking about? And so he informed me that they had been searching for him for the past six to nine months, wanted for bank robbery. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, what? And so um, he came to our house uh, the next day and spoke with me and like laid out all of the surveillance pictures on the table. And that helped, I think, my mind to like understand, to be able to really grasp that, you know, and he was listing out all of the, you know, banks that he had hit. And I was trying to write them down, write them down. And it was a lot, like 20. And so I was trying to write them all down hoping that somehow that would connect again for me. So I would get it, you know, and um, come to find out all of, I think almost all of them were on his way home after a supervised visit with my son. Wow. So I was like, okay, first of all, thank you, God, for watching out for my son, that they didn't apprehend him while my, he had my son, you know? Yes. Um. So anyway, From that point on, you know, I realized, okay, we're on a whole nother, you know, level here with, I don't know if he owes somebody money. I don't know what he's up to now. Like what we're, we've kind of raised the level, right? And so I'm tired of waiting for the police and it takes them like 20 minutes. Um, You know, they're doing the best they can, but when they get so many calls, it takes a long time. Um, I'm tired of feeling like I have to have my dad with me all the time. Um, I was tired of it. So I decided to help myself and go learn self-defense. So that way, if needed, I could protect my son and protect myself. And I feel like when I did that, I really gained a lot of confidence and he could like sense that. Right. And from that point forward, it kind of changed the dynamics a little bit. So um, basically that's my crazy story. <laughs> Wow. Wow. It's, it's, you know, it's sometimes those crazy stories that reveal to us just how powerful we are, right? Like, look, look at the journey that you were on and to come to a place where you had to take matters into your own hands and say, you know what, I I need to be the victor here. I need to be the one to get the tools and, you know, the know-how to protect myself and to protect my boy. And that's exactly what you did. So I really applaud you. I mean, the first thing that runs through my mind is like, my goodness, someone that you were married to, someone that you think that like you wake up to them every morning to learn that they are not who you thought they were or to learn that they have this whole other part of their personality that you were not exposed to. Um, I mean, how, how did you navigate that at the very beginning of it all? It was really hard because it was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of thing. Cause like everybody thought he was this great guy. And so did I, <laughs> but you know, behind closed doors, that wasn't always the case. 
Um, and you know, he was a good dad for a good part of it, but when he wasn't, it was really bad. So that was the difficult part. And I stayed, you know, and I tried to make it work because of that. Um, but I just realized, you know, it is what it is. And yes, it's tripping me out because he's not who, you know, he really said he was. And it was like, I didn't even know who I was with anymore. I didn't know who he was. And so, yeah, that took a long time. Like, and, and granted that was when my son was three, four, and he's now 21. So this was a long time ago. So, um, you know, I went through years and years of counseling and, um, have done a lot to help myself, but yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. And and that's really what it comes back to, isn't it? I always, I always like to bring it back to the self. Like, it's like, we are our own biggest advocates and we need to ourselves what nobody else will do for us. And, and and again, Mm -hmm. I commend you for that. Um, what do you wish that someone had taught you as a young girl or as a teen to have kept you safe emotionally, physically? I'm so glad that that you asked that because that is my passion after going through this, because I, to be honest, I was so naive, right? So I grew up um, thinking, you know, that girls have to be nice and go with the flow and you know, nobody ever taught me what to do if something like that happens, you know, and, you know, to be honest, yes, you know, a lot of us are afraid of a stranger doing something bad to us, but sometimes, unfortunately, it's somebody, you know, yeah. right. And so we need to educate our next generation about that and help them understand, like, no, you don't stand for that, you know. And what to do when that happens, you know, I wish somebody would have taught me, you know, here's because I luckily I grew up with great parents, right? Mm. So I didn't ever see somebody doing the Jekyll and Hyde type of thing, or like, I didn't know what emotional abuse was really about. So um, it's educating them in like a natural way, not to freak them out or make them nervous, but there's ways to teach that are like, um, in a non-scary way um, where you can bring that up and just educate them and help them know, you know, I think a lot of times even our girls know, don't know that it's okay to scream, right? Mm. If something's happening, something's not right. It's okay to get loud and ugly, like a cornered cat, you know? Right. Which is so the opposite of what we're taught to do and be as exactly girls. we're telling girls to be nice girls and be good girls all the time. Yeah. And it's like, but we also have to be like, you, you also have to follow your intuition. You also exactly. know that, you know, it's great to be kind, but you also need to know when you're in a threatening position and then mm-hmm. it's scream and use your voice, right? Like exactly voice. Yeah. So, just recently, and I, I would even love more like tangible examples for everyone listening. And I just this past weekend, my daughters are in a band, they're 16 years old, they're twins. They're in a band with two other teens. And um, they're starting to perform in places where, you know, we're not always comfortable, but we are always around. So like this last time it was an event, but it was like there was alcohol and it was kind of like a bar situation. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And 
our girls and, and the other two kids in the band, they just kept going outside into the parking lot to like get something from the car or just to hang out in the car. And like, you know, my husband kept saying to me, he's like, Mel, this is not okay. And first of all, we were in a town we don't know. Okay. And second of all, it's dark and they're young. And, you know, we, we ended up having this very long discussion with the other band parents about it and how like this can't be okay anymore. And the kids need to stay inside. Mm-hmm. That being said, that being said, when we have a conversation with our daughters about it, how can we talk to them a without scaring them? Right. Like you had mentioned, you don't want to freak them out. Right. Um, you want to educate them and empower mm-hmm. them about this. But also, like, there's a line, right? We don't want to freak them out, but we also want them to hear us and listen. Because when we mentioned it in passing that night, they were like, you know, the the guy who manages their band, he was outside. And we're like, the last time we checked, like, he didn't have, you know, a Krav Maga, like, background or jujitsu. And what makes you think he's going to be the one to protect you? Like, why are we looking to someone else? Why are we, A, putting ourselves in situations that are dangerous? Mm -hmm. uh, Be assuming that if we were in a threatening position that someone else was going to take care of it. So how -hmm. can we get this across to them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and you made a really important note, which is, um, you know, <laughs> as nice as it would be if this were true, that people are always looking out for you. It's not true, right? People are always paying attention to themselves. And you have something called the bystander uh situation where, you know, if something were to happen and you scream or whatever, sometimes people think you're playing around or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important um, if something were to happen that they look directly at somebody and say, call 911, you know? Okay. Um, So that's important. But yeah, just uh, your good question about how to bring it up and not freak them out. Um, I think, you know, having a teenager myself, I didn't have a girl, I had a guy um, but you know, a lot of times when you're telling them something, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mom, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I think it's important to tell them, Hey, you know, and not freak them out would be, Hey, you know, even though this world is usually a great place, right? Sometimes there's people who are very uh, mentally deranged who will do something that's very evil. Mm-hmm. And so it's wise to prevent that from happening. So, you know, that's why I'm telling you this, you know, and that's, I think, how you open the conversation. And, you know, if ideally they already get it, you know, but you can tell them if you need to, you know, that there's plenty of news stories, you know, where in a parking lot, somebody is abducted because, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever, but ideally they get it from the first, you know, part. And you can even ask them, you know, what do you think about this? What are your feelings? You know, so that way it's not just a, Hey, listen to me. I told you that, you know, you're you're having more of like, you're talking to them. It's a conversation, right? Right. Cause you want to know what they're feeling about it and what they, you know, I just think it's a, it's good to open the conversation with that and then go from there. So hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. I like how you say to like acknowledge that the world is usually a safe place. And there are times where people 
do things that are not kind and are hurtful and are so, so I love that example. And then like, let's just say, God forbid, let's say, so I love how you also gave the step of like, don't be afraid to say to someone who's there, call 911. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to scream. Don't be afraid to use your voice. Let's say they're in a situation where they're having a physical altercation with someone. Mm -hmm. Is there something like a tool that we can give? Because I mean, this is for the podcast. So for people listening, Mm -hmm. is there a tool or a move or like something that we can share with people that would be like the easiest thing for them to do in a situation like that? Well, I'm always heavy on the prevention part of it. So um, I don't like it when people get really close to me and I feel creepy or whatever. So uh, I think it's important to teach them, especially our teenage girls. I think they're not comfortable doing this, but I think it's important to tell them to create, like keep a boundary around yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to use your voice. So a lot of times we don't think of our voice as a self-defense tool, but it really is. So just by saying a really loud no so I think as like a teenager, a lot of times I'll be like, <laughs> no, you know, whatever, but no, it's like, no, like a really loud and you can put, they can put their hand out, you know, to keep somebody away from, because really like we've done this demo. I do a demo when I do my in-person workshops of how quick it really is for somebody to reach you, you know? So you always need to set that boundary before you think, because already they're like right there so they could reach you. <laughs> So it's, it's better to set like a, a boundary of, you know, a firm, strong no, um, to keep them away. And most people, especially if a teenager was to do that and give a really, really loud no, they'd be like, you know, kind of taken back for a second. And the goal always in a situation like that is to escape, right? So we want something, you want that element of surprise, whether it's with your voice or with a tool, right? Um, that's what you want because you want that split second to like be able to, to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I'm putting myself in that situation and I'm thinking of my daughters, God forbid, in that situation. And it's like, how do you know the difference between when someone is about to hurt you and when someone's just messing around and and getting into your personal space. Like, I love that you talk about prevention, but how do our kids know the difference? Because I'm just imagining this conversation with one of my daughters. She feels she's so untouchable, so invincible. And like, if I were to have this conversation with her, and I could think of times that people have gotten really close to her where it's been inappropriate, where you're like, dude, like boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, how do we know the difference? Sometimes you don't. And so I tell people like when I've, when I've taught before, I like to use the gas station as a good example of you're pumping gas, you know, and you're paying attention. You're not freaked out. You're just paying attention. Like, Oh, that's a cool car or whatever. You're just aware of your surroundings. Right. And if somebody's coming up too close, then I like to say like, you know, then you'd say, Hey, you know, stay back or whatever you want to say. Hey, you know, what are you doing? Or whatever you choose to say. And if it's just, you know, a dad getting out of the minivan who wants to go to the mini mart or something, then you just laugh it off. Huh? Sorry. You know, this is such a crazy world we live in. You never know. Right. So I'd way rather be safe than sorry. Right. So 
That's what I would say. But, um, you know, I'm guessing that most teenagers would not do that. So if somebody is actually on you trying to do something, you know, um, or getting like in your face, <clears throat> something I always tell them they can say is, I'm not comfortable with that, right? I'm not comfortable with that. Like get that in their brain. So they've got that because I think a lot of times we freeze up, right? So if somebody were to touch you inappropriately, like somebody you know or something, and they start getting creepy, like you don't know what to do, right? So a teenage girl might kind of laugh it off, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's important to know to say, I'm not comfortable with that. And you say it firmly, you know. Um, and again, if somebody's coming up to you and it's too late, like they've already kind of reached you, um, you wanna what I call move off the X. So you wanna like do this, right? Because a lot of times Somebody's coming towards you and you're like, no, you know, stop, please don't hurt me or whatever. You're like moving back. Yeah. So we don't move back. You move sideways. Move move sideways. Right. So moving, what did you call it? Moving off the X. You move off the X. So you're the X, right? And they're coming towards you. So you want to sidestep, you know, and get off of that spot so you can get away. Oh, these are such great, like ideas that you're giving us. May we never need to use them, but chances are we will because people do get in our personal space and sometimes it's too much. And sometimes they have no intention, but sometimes they just want to see how much they'll get away with. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I really appreciate these tools that you're giving us because again, it's like the conversation nobody wants to have, but that we all need to have, right. Kind of like a fire drill or like, yeah, plan for your house. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to think about it. And yet it's one of the most important things that you could do for your family to keep them safe. Yeah. So, you know, I'm super grateful for that. Now, you know, we're always talking about girls and we're always talking about women when it comes to self-defense. Why is this solely, Mm -hmm. dare I say, solely a woman's issue? I am so glad you said that because I was just thinking, I hope she brings that up. (laughs) I really, really think that women's self-defense is a community issue. And I believe that it's not like a burden for us only to bear by ourselves because we've seen time and time again in the news where somebody's done what they're supposed to do and something still happens, right? So unfortunately, we live in a world that's like that right now and we're doing the best we can, but how much better would it be if we had our community helping us, right? So that means men get a clue, right? So let's have conversations with our husband. I asked my husband um, a couple months ago, you know, hey, are you ever afraid to like go out by yourself at night? You know, are you, you know, that kind of thing. So we get the conversation going and he's like, what? No, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's so much different, you know? And so just educating them and helping them understand, like I was helping him understand, you know, Hey, if you're like out walking at night, like on the sidewalk, don't walk right up behind a woman, you know, cause we're already like freaked out. <laughs> so make sure that you give us space, you know? Um, so I was just educating him about that. And also educating our sons, right? Mm -hmm. So we can do all we want over here teaching the girls, you know, and not even talk about, not even bring the boys into it, but they need to be brought into it too, you know, and understand these things and also understand that, you know, a no means no, right? And if somebody's uncomfortable with something, 
then you listen to that. Or if you're uncomfortable with something, you say something. So it's, it's not just like a girls only issue and having our community, you know, support us too. I think it's just, it's something that we should be talking about as a family, really. And as a community, not just women over here talking about it by ourselves, you know. I do love that you shared that we we need to educate the men in our lives and the boys in our lives because, you know, in your gas station uh, example that you shared, if the fellow coming out of his van, you know, he needs to be aware that 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 we might be scared, we might be intimidated when a man is coming towards us and it's dark and we're pumping gas. Like it's very, they are part of this equation. And the more we can talk about, and there's so many good men out there, right? Like yeah. you can't assume that all men are bad. And at the same right. time, let's give men the tools and the opportunity to create, you know, a, a safe feeling for the women who they are physically close to. And right. you know, especially the strangers they're physically close to who don't know that they're a good man with no ill intentions. And it is that we have to be fearful. Exactly. Truly is a freaking shame. These these are the things that drive me crazy, but, but I like how you said, like, you like to think preventatively, right? Like, so these Mm -hmm. conversations, talking to girls about boundaries and space between them and another human being, like, these are all the actionable things that we can do right now. Um, you talk about community. I'd love to hear more about that. Like, how can we get the communities involved? How can we create a community around this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Well, first of all, I think by starting up the conversation, right? Um, so widening our conversation so it's not just women only. Um, but also <clears throat> our men and our boys and bringing them into that. Um, so it's, you know, oh my gosh, like there's so much I could say about it. Um, you know, bringing people like myself into schools or people like you into schools where we can help them understand. Um, gosh, there's so much. That's yeah. A, that's just like that's a starting really, really good one. Like, I don't know that my daughters have ever had someone in the school teaching them about self-defense ever. And they're mm-hmm. 16 now. They have two mm-hmm. years left in high school. That's crazy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And not just, you know, not just physical self-defense. I think a lot of it is emotional self-defense and it's helping, it's doing what you're doing. So helping our girls become confident and empowered. And um, you know, <laughs> The great thing too is when, when they're learning self-defense, that's like a natural byproduct, I believe. So, um, so I think that's just really, really important. And, um, I don't want to miss one other question that you brought up. And that was like, what tool, you know, can I buy my daughters? Right. Yeah. So, um, I would love to say that we could buy a tool and we'd all be safe, (laughs) but, um, that's not always a situation yet, you know, um, you, I still think like for myself, I still carry tools, but the key is I have trained with them and I know exactly where they're at. Right. So, um, I actually, I have my pepper spray sitting right here with me. Um, I actually wrote a book on pepper spray because 
when I trained, I trained with somebody who was super gnarly, right? So he's the one who teaches uh, the police and he teaches SWAT and stuff like that. So he's really gnarly. And so he didn't teach me anything about pepper spray because he's like, pepper spray, blah, whatever. You don't need pepper spray. You need a gun or whatever, you know? And I was like, well, I'm a woman and like women want to know about pepper spray. So I went and found out, you know, the answers to the questions I had. And I put it into a book on Amazon. It's called Two Things to Know About Pepper Spray. Do this first. And in it is what I'm talking about right now and what I mentioned before. And um, that is the element of surprise, right? So we want to have a leg up by surprising them, right? So it's surprising them by moving off the X, like I said, right? Um, they think you're going to go, oh, please don't hurt me, <laughs> but you're going to move, you know, or um, the element of surprise is they come up to you and you go, no, you know, really loud. And they're like, what, you know, mm-hmm. um, or it can be a tool like pepper spray. But again, you have to know, um, <laughs> you have to always have it in the same place with you and know how to use it. Right. If you buy the pepper spray, chuck it in your purse and it's the bottom in the bottom of your purse. Is that going to do you any good? Right. Um, And pepper spray is really for distance. So it's for keeping somebody at a distance, right? mm -hmm. Um, A different tool, if somebody's on you, um, could even be like a flashlight. Mm -hmm. So I have something called a tactical flashlight, which just means it's like heavy duty um, metal. It's not, it's not plastic. It's not going to break. And it's got like these scalloped edges, which can kind of like, if you use it hard, it's going to really hurt somebody. Okay. Um, so when I've taught women before, like the majority of them, that's the tool they choose is because, you know, that's a little bit less scary than a knife. Um, I carry a knife because I know how to use it. Yeah. I definitely would not recommend carrying a knife if you don't know I how really to use it. I want everyone to really hear that. Like, you know, the, the things that, uh, I, and I get that, like a flashlight makes a lot of sense, like mm-hmm. a knife. Unless you are trained, unless you know what you're doing with that knife, it could end up hurting you. Exactly. Um, and the, and could it, could we say the same thing about the pepper spray or? So that's, I wrote about that in my book too, is like, what do you do when that happens? Right. And just educate yourself more about it. Um, so the main thing is if it gets on you, you do not rub your eyes. That's the worst thing you can do. Don't rub your eyes. Don't rub your skin. It's the first thing you want to do, right? If you were sprayed with it, you'd want to be like, ah, right. But that pushes it more into your skin. Okay. So, um, it's better to like, um, put water over it or, um, you know, if you've got some kind of soap or something, somehow, I don't know, women, we carry everything in our purse. Right, right. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, I carry pepper spray, because I like it for keeping my distance, right? If somebody's already on me, I'm not going to use pepper spray, because right. it's going to get on me. Right. Um. So I'm going to use one of the other tools that I have. But again, the key with tools is carrying it in the same place every time and practicing with it. Right. Because if you don't, then you're going to like, forget it's there or like try to find it, you know, and it's, you don't have time for that. Yeah. And pepper spray, if I, if I remember correctly, I tried to purchase it and it's not easy to find either. It's like, I remember going on Amazon, not in New York anyways, that wasn't accessible to me. Where can people find pepper spray? Normally you can find it on Amazon 
Um, and the, the company that I like is called Saber S S A B R E. Okay. I just trust them because they're very established. They've been doing this a long time. They have all kinds of different kinds of pepper sprays with the, with the little, um, handle like for runners and they have all kinds of, you know, variations of it. So that's the company that I like to use Great. and I can get it on Amazon or off their website. Great. And then that flashlight, where can we get that? Um, Is there a brand that you recommend? Right. Um, I don't have it sitting in front of me. Um, Maybe I can drop that in the comments. Yeah. you If if you share that with me after the show, I'll put it in Mm -hmm. the show notes. This way everyone has access to a few tools they can use uh, because we we need it, right? Yeah. And again, we talk about these things. We need to talk about them more and we need to actually take some action. And so on the topic of action, uh, I have two questions for you. It's a two-parter. The first one is in an ideal world, right? If everyone had access and if everyone could listen to what you're asking us to do, what would you like to see every woman or family do for their daughters? Like what can we do? to help us and to keep us safe and to, you know, to, to, to prevent as much Mm -hmm. as we can. So I would say, um, number one, talk about it. Right. And, um, number two is educate yourself. Um, I do teach an online course and I've taught mom and daughter classes Great. And it's a total of four hours. We usually do a night of two hours and the other night of two hours. Um, but that way, um, they learn all kinds of like practical skills. And I'm not just pushing mine. Like you can go learn this anywhere else. You can call your local police department. Um, if you want to learn more hands on stuff, I would recommend Krav Maga. Um, it's a type of martial arts. Of course, anybody can choose whatever martial art you want that works for you. But my mentor who taught me was saying Krav Maga is more like street fighting type of stuff. So um, they can do that. Um, I just like to educate on um, practical tips. And um, I'm heavy on that. Like I said, prevention, right? And then I do teach a couple moves. Um, but ideally, you know, we're preventing these types of things. So yeah, I think number one, bring it up. Um, number two, educate them and you're setting like a firm foundation for them as they go off on their own, like into college. That age is like, if you look at the stats, it's like freshmen in college, that age is the most at risk. Um, so it's important, you know, to teach them. And like, again, I was saying like, it doesn't mean that you have to freak everybody out, right. Or freak yourself out and be like, ah, you know, looking over your shoulder all the time. That's not the goal that misses the whole goal. Right. Sure. So the whole goal, like what I taught myself, I taught, I wanted to learn that. So I wouldn't be like that. Right. So now if I'm somewhere you know, at first I'm afraid. And then I'm like, telling myself, dude, hello, (laughs) you know what you're doing. You have some tools, you know, it's okay. Right. So then I put my thinking cap back on again and I 
just use my senses to pay attention to what's around me. I'm not on my phone, you know, um, looking at my phone. And so isn't that one of the biggest messages, right? Like when you're looking around by yourself yes, on the phone, when you're walking to your car, when you're leaving your car, like don't be on your phone, look around, you know, what's happening. And this is one of our greatest challenges, I think at the moment. Yeah. With the, with the teenagers. Yeah. And as I mean, even us, even us, right. Not just a teenage issue. It's like, it's the things we say and yet we somehow do them. And like for everyone listening, I want this to be a wake up call. Let this be the wake up call. Like we do so many things to, to, um, to preserve our mental health, our physical health, all the things we do. And one of the simplest things that we can do is to have our wits about us, to put the phone away, especially when we're by ourselves, especially when, you know, we're walking into the house, looking around us. We can't do those things when the phone is in our hand. Right. Yeah. And there was a study done. Um, t- I forget how many criminals there were, but um, there were some criminals that they interviewed and they asked them, Hey, what did you look for in your victim? And um, they discovered that who they looked for were people who were not paying attention, people who looked not confident, right? Those were two of the top things. And so it's important for us, both as women and girls, to go around being aware of your surroundings. If I could say one thing, it's that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, it's not in a freaked out way. So you're not at the gas station going, "Ah." right. It's just, I'm, when I go to the gas station, I pump my gas and I'm paying attention like, Oh, that's a cool car. Or like, Oh, that guy's going to get something in there. And I'm just like, paying attention, you know, but I'm not in freaked out or anything like that. I love that. So you're, you're being mindful, you're using Mm -hmm. senses, you're observing what's going on around you. And by Mm -hmm. doing that, like you're in the know, you're in the know. If you're looking down at your phone as you're pumping that gas, or, you know, you're looking down, um, you just don't know. And Mm -hmm. so again, not to be scared, but to be mindful and to be about what's happening. And I might even recommend um, that that mothers who are listening right now, um, listen to this episode again with your daughters. And you gave some really great tools, Mandy. I I feel like I think we need to do an Instagram live the week that this podcast goes live. Mm -hmm. Even more tools. Um, because we can't have enough, but I think you've brought so much light to this topic that is rather dark and difficult to talk about. And I appreciate it so very much. And I'd really love for you to share with the folks listening, how can they find you? How can they access more of you so that they can really get prepared and ultimately empower themselves and empower Mm -hmm. their daughters? Um, Mm -hmm to know how to protect themselves in situations like this and even better yet to prevent situations like this. So let us know Mm -hmm. where we can find you. Sure. And I wanted to say too, like it does feel like a dark topic, but it's a great runway to open up and get girls to feel confident and empowered, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think, you know, even though it feels daunting or scary or whatever, it can end up being a beautiful thing because you are 
giving the, them these life skills, right, to take forward and to live safer. And a byproduct, again, is helping them feel confident and empowered. So um, that's my goal for all of our teenagers is to not be me <laughs> like I was back then being naive and thinking everybody is wonderful and, um, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, so I teach um, online and I teach in person, but my signature training is an online um, training and it's a total of four hours. So usually what happens is um, a mom who's interested gathers up a group of her girlfriends and then uh, we meet like in the past, it's been on Thursday evenings for two hours each for two Thursdays. And um, it's like a small little group of us and it becomes fun for them because they know each other. And uh, we go through it in like a fun, lighthearted way um, to teach, to teach them. And then I'm there for questions. Um, so my website is womenawareandprepared.com. So the information is up there or they can just DM me. Um, so my Instagram is the same name, women aware and prepared. And, um, I'm happy to help. And I do go and speak at schools. Um, that's really important to me because two things. One, I reach more people in one sitting. Yeah. Two, we can also reach the boys and help them understand. And I also like to speak and, and let these kids know, Hey, if something bad happened to you, that does not make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so there's so much more I could say about this. So anyway, yes, um, that's another way that I can serve. Um, and my book, if you're more interested about the pepper spray, um, you would go to Amazon and, um, it says two, two things to know before you buy pepper spray, do this first. Yep. Oh, thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much. This conversation has left me really feeling like I have the tools to go and talk mm -hmm. to my daughters and even to protect myself in certain situations. But more than anything, I think I would really like to get, uh, you know, we have a Krav Maga studio, literally like walking distance from our home. Uh -huh. And I feel like I need to take that action. And you were the angel who reminded me that that it's possible and it's important. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Um, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. If you love what you're hearing on the Empowering Her podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. And as a thank you, I would love to share a free audio with you called Claiming Your Enoughness Now. Simply share a screenshot of your review with me on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L, either in the DMs or in a story, and I will send the gift your way. Thank you so much for your listenership. I can't express how much it means to me.